Hi there, this is Paula Jones and this is Autistic Women Working, the weekly podcast for newly diagnosed autistic women who want to learn to thrive in a world that's not designed for you and me. Hi there, this is Paula and welcome to this week's episode of Autistic Women Working where we talk about all things autism and work and being a grown-up. And this week, I want to talk to you about what it's like when people say, just be yourself. But what they really mean is, be yourself, but oh no, not like that. And I think a lot of us would have encountered this, because what it means to be autistic is, it means that if we're invited to be ourselves then we are invited to be the sensitive, usually creative, artistic, open and very different people that we are. But when we're invited to be that person, actually what it means is please stay exactly the same. Don't change. Be what I'm used to you being because I'm uncomfortable with change. Now, most people are uncomfortable with change. I certainly am. And I think most neurotypical people are uncomfortable with change as well. And that's absolutely fine. It's one of those things that when something new happens, it's unexpected. And it means a whole shift in behaviour and attitudes for most people. And if you're not particularly well-equipped at dealing with change, then it can be very unsettling. And that's fine, you know? It's something that we all deal with and we all have to come to terms with at some point in our lives because things do change and we have to adapt to them. Our life circumstances change, other people's life circumstances change and we all have to kind of rally around each other, don't we? and look after each other, etc. But when we're told, no, just be yourself, just be yourself, we love you, love you as you are, that's it, they love you as you are. Don't want you to change, don't want you to be yourself, they want you to be the person that you've always been. And in that case, that means, please just be the person you've always been that we know Because if you change, we're not going to know how to react to you. And you might be something different or somebody different. And therefore, you might be somebody we don't like. And then what are we going to do? So what shame? Actually, the shame is for us. Because we're the autistic ones or the ADHD ones or both. And we're the ones that have been masking for all this time. And we're the ones that are exhausted. If we suddenly relax and become ourselves. We could become a number of different things. We could be the person that has the masked autistic face. So all of a sudden, the one with the cheer up love, it might never happen face. Well, what if it already has happened? And in our case, it generally has. We might be really sensitive. And generally speaking, autistic people can be highly sensitive people. And because we find it hard to regulate and often recognise our intense emotions, remember we've talked about alexithymia before, that difficulty in recognising what an emotion is, we can find it very hard to 
identify and pinpoint those emotions and we might feel hurt or upset, disappointed in our colleagues, disappointed in the way that they behave, not sure what their motivations are, why they might have said something to us. We might be stewing over something that they say and thinking, are they actually aiming that at me? Do they mean me? We might take things personally that colleagues say. And when you work in a company where they say, oh, we're all family here, that can be a really difficult vibe to get hold of for an autistic person. Because if you're meant to work in this family environment and you feel like an outsider, then then that can be a real kicker because you often feel like you're stranded and on your own often feel like you're not even from this planet, never mind from the same family. So the family environment type company can be a whole other minefield of its own. So if you often feel hurt, that can have you being accused of being overly dramatic. Are you taking this too personally? Notice it's always turned back on you. Oh, you're taking this too personally. You're overreacting. You're too sensitive. So you are sensitive. You pick up on things. You pick up on emotions, but you don't always know what they are. You pick up on a feeling that might be in the room, but you don't necessarily know what it is. So you're sensitive to it, and you might brood on it and wonder what it is and wonder if it's your fault and so on. That can play on your mind and lead you down a slippery slope of I'm to blame. Let me tell you, nine times out of ten, nine point nine times out of ten, it's not your fault. But because we are sensitive, because we pick up on a vibe in the room and can't necessarily read it, it makes us feel like it's our fault. So the thing I've learned over the years is to always ask for clarification. If there's something that you're not sure of, Don't assume it's you and just ask, can I be clear on what we've decided on, what was just discussed, what was happening, whatever it was, whatever you're not sure of, always ask for clarification because it will save you a lot of heartache and a lot of sleepless nights. And I can speak from absolute experience there. One of the things I suffer from as well, and I think I've mentioned this before, is I suffer with face blindness. And this can happen sometimes with really familiar people that I should absolutely know. A clients that might have come back to me after some time, I will find it really hard to recognise them if I go and meet them for a cup of coffee. And I always use the excuse of, um, I'm sorry, I've not got my glasses on. I, I couldn't see where you were while well, they're, you know, up and waving around and saying, I'm here, I'm here. But yeah, I I don't recognise my neighbours unless they're in their own front gardens. And even then, it's only the neighbours to the left and the right of me. The rest of the people in the, the nearby vicinity in my street, I don't recognise them at all. That actually frightens me a little bit. I can never pronounce this properly. It's pros, pros, prosopagon... 
no, I'm not even going to try, but face blindness, go and look it up. I believe Brad Pitt suffers with this as well, so we're all in good company. People often stop and talk to me and ask how I am, and they're talking to me like they know me, and I've got no idea who they are. That's actually quite frightening. Now, luckily for me, because I'm self-employed, this is not too much of a problem. Now, hopefully, if you're in employment, this shouldn't affect you too much. But if you work across a company with lots of different sites, you know, if you work with in a sort of multinational company, you might find that this does happen to you. So having access to the internet and looking up the person that you're next going to meet with on the internet always a good idea. But yeah, having the, the resting aspie face or suddenly being a lot more over the top than you used to be, you know, because finally you can come out and be who you are, being more bouncy than you ever ever were before, and perhaps with the combination of ADHD as well, not having to feel that you have to suppress that, that might annoy people a little bit more. And again, boo-hoo to them. But if they ask you to be yourself, then you're being yourself and you're not masking anymore. You know, if they've said, be yourself, and now all of a sudden they mean, oh, no, 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 not like that. Be careful what you wish for, people. You might find that you're starting to turn your work environment, if you are still working in an office, into an extension of your home. Because I always did that when I was at work. I used to have um, things that I collected on my desk. So my cubicle, it wasn't really a cubicle, but I always had sort of a privacy screen up around my desk that I could pin things to so I always had things that meant something to me pinned up in front of my desk so you know little um, photographs toys things like that Um, and I collect things that are very tactile so things like squishmallows you know those toys that they're usually things like unicorns and penguins and things like that and they're very squishy they're great for those of us who are sensory seekers I've got loads of those so I've got them on my desk as well and anything that's got flashing lights I've got fairy lights around my desk so I'd have those on my desk as well anything that connects via USB I used to have a little USB Christmas tree and fish tank and stuff like that so anything that was a little bit of an extension of my eccentric autistic self would be on my desk connected to my computer the more myself I was able to be the more of that sort of stuff came out and I used to find people crowded around my workspace just looking at things picking them up and putting them down and and just looking at me like what what is it with you because bear in mind this is before I was diagnosed autistic as well and it's just well it's just me you know it's just me and right now I've got all these fairy lights on my own desk in my own office at home. I've got a neon sign lights, tube lights on my wall in the shape of an alien because that's how I feel, like another from another planet. Um, a picture of a zebra with I'm not weird, I'm limited edition because I'm also, you know, ill and we zebras stick together. And, you know, you just look around this place and it's just, it's me. And you'll find that that comes out in you. And if people don't like that, well, they've asked you to be you. You know, this this is the stuff that will sort of start coming out. Another thing I've noticed, you might not know this about me, but I'm from Merseyside. And if I really let my accent out, 
like I do when I go home so people can understand me. I'd be talking to you like this. Do you know what I mean? This is what I'd sound like. But apparently we have abnormal speech patterns as autistic people. And I'm not sure what it is that is really so different. And I know that my phrasing is a little bit different. Now, this podcast is edited together, but actually I have a lot of pauses in between what I'm saying. Partly this is because I'm ill and aphasia is part of what I struggle with. So being able to choose my words correctly because I don't script what I'm talking about. So aphasia, choosing the right words. I stutter a lot because I'm ill. So there is a lot of editing here. So I pull the empty spaces together so you don't hear them all. But the autism accent, the autism voice is often a subject for being laughed at. And again, this is who we are. It's, we don't vary our pitch that often. We're often monotone, flat affect. I don't vary my pitch all that often. I also don't vary my pitch that often because I'm a hypnotherapist. And because I'm a hypnotherapist, I don't want to suddenly scream hello and wake my clients out of trance now, do I? But yeah, there are some things that we'll have difficulty pronouncing. We'll get accused of being overly posh at times. And because of where I'm from, not that there's anything common about being a scouser, but I will often be accused of being a bit posh because I don't talk with a normal scouse accent or widow accent. But I can if you want me to. I can do the rest of the podcast in my normal home accents if you want me to. But it's just kind of one of those things. I've not lived on the widow since I was 23 and I'm a hypnotherapist and it's just one of those things that now because I do that as my profession it's you know kind of bred out of me but I've lived away from it for so long and now this is how I speak. In being ourselves we might be a little bit less careful. Autistics have often a problem with fine motor skills. When I used to work as a trainer I used to have to make a point of it that I'm clumsy, run a Let's guess how many times Paula walks into the whiteboard and knocks it over, or into the flip chart and knocks it over. Let's see how many times I trip over my own feet. Catching a ball, that's why I was always picked last for netball at school. Thinking I was completely right-handed, but actually learning later on that I'm also able to use my left hand and I catch a ball with my left hand rather than my right. And, you know, that was a bit of a revelation to me. That would have been information that was nice to know at six and seven, you know, because I wasn't as awkward and clumsy as I thought I was, and I can actually play netball pretty well, or I could before I got sick. But yeah, we we can be that person that drops the entire tray of coffees for the office, um, slams phones down a little bit too hard and breaks them and that kind of thing. Our coordination can be very, very clumsy, And if we are not being super careful and super aware of who we are and what we are, then if you're allowing us to be ourselves, this is going to happen. If we're allowed to be relaxed, relax into who we are and what we are, this is going to happen. So again, be yourself. This is is us. Be yourself. Do you like us being ourselves? Because we have difficulty with motor skills, 
we don't know how to dress for the weather. You know, you might all turn up on a nice sunny day wearing appropriate clothing where we're wearing big hoodies and you're thinking, you're weird. You're just weird. How can you not be roasting? We don't know how to dress for the weather. And we might actually be a wee bit cold. It might not be quite as warm to us as it is to you because we are different. And you know our best relationships? They're definitely with animals. My dog Pippa is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I had a dog when I was younger as well. I've had a dog when I was a little girl and a dog when I was 18. And I don't remember my dog from when I was a little girl very much, but the dog that I had when I was a teenager, she was brilliant. But the dog I've got now, now that I know I'm autistic and that I know that I need the support of this, this wonderful animal that's in my life, she's amazing. Very few human relationships match up to the relationships that we have with our animals. They're easier to connect to. They just love us the way we are. They get in moods with us, but they're easier to read. There are no lines to read between. And they accept us just as we are. Just as we are. You might be able to tell I've got a slight bee in my bonnet about this. Because I've been told this so many times. Be yourself. And then when I'm being myself. God no, not like that. Not like that. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't be like that. Do you have to be that different? Do you really have to dress like that? Do you have to have your hair that colour? Do you have to have that many tattoos? Do you have to have those piercings? Do you have to have that sense of humour? Well, to be me, yes I do. And I know not everybody's going to like me. But it's not my job to make everyone like me. And the people who do like me, I'm quite happy with them. And that's all I need. I suspect in your life, the people who love you, they're all you need as well. Because friendships are hard to maintain. And we all only need a handful of true friends that love us for what we are and for who we are. And that's it. That's all I've got for you this week. So I'll see you next time. And until next time, peace. Bye.